Ace 12, how are we doing tonight? Woo! Man, I'm so glad to be here with you guys tonight. If you don't know me, my name is Trey. I'm one of the resident pastors here. And I love, I love you guys, man. I love getting to serve here. Every single Tuesday is the best day of the week for me because I get to see you guys. And so I am so excited because tonight we're talking about a fight. And for me, I don't know about you guys, but I love fights. Like I love fight scenes. I love movies that have a lot of fighting in them, like action movies. I love like Braveheart and Gladiator and Lord of the Rings and Star Wars. Just things that have a ton of fights in them. And tonight we're talking about a fight against temptation. And that's a tough fight. That's a hard fight. And in the fight of temptation, sometimes it feels like we're even like fighting against ourselves. Kind of like Dwight in the office, so check this clip out. Wow. So, sometimes when we're fighting against temptation, sometimes it feels like we're fighting against ourselves. Like, and it's an even match, and we don't know who's gonna win. Like, it, it, temptation's a tough fight, and even if you're a Christian, it's a tough thing, and, and we fall and we stumble, and, and we struggle against temptation. So tonight, just like in the past few weeks, we're in week three of Faith Works, we're looking at what James has to say about how to live a life like Christ. So we're gonna open up our Bibles, head straight there. So open up the, the Bible to James chapter one. If you don't have a Bible, there's one under your chair. It's page 1216, James chapter one. And James, take a second, turn to your neighbor, a little trivia. Who do you think wrote the book James? All right, all right. So it's, it's not a trick question. It, it's, it's James. He didn't name it after himself. We named it after him. So he's not like conceited or anything. Like I'm gonna write a book, call it Trey. No. But the author of the book of James is James and he's the half brother of Jesus. Jesus was his older brother. So if anyone knows about what it looks like to live a Christ-like life, it's James because he, he saw Jesus do it his whole life. So we're gonna see what James has to say about temptation and the fight against temptation. Because here's the thing, everyone experiences temptation. It's in your notes, you can jot it down if it's helpful, but everyone experiences temptation, and this is why it's so important, because we need to learn how to win the fight against temptation. So James 1, page 12, 16, we're looking at verse 13. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. All right, so right off the bat, let's just be clear. God doesn't tempt anyone. God can't be tempted and he can't tempt anyone. God might have us go through trials like we talked about last week, how God can turn our trials into our testimony, but God doesn't tempt us. He wants us to live a life that's whole and full and, and, and live the life the way he has designed it. Temptation is the urge and the desire to live life the way God has not designed it. So let's go to the next verse here. Verses 14 and 15. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. See, here's the thing. Where does temptation come from then? Temptation comes from the desires within us. Temptation doesn't come from God. It comes from us, within us. And, and so that's important to know, to know that God is not the enemy here. Temptation comes from us. And so we need to be aware that sometimes we can't trust ourselves. And we need to be aware that sometimes we can't trust our emotions, or our decisions. 
because temptation comes even from within us. Another thing interesting in this verse, it shows that temptation and sin are not the same thing. Temptation leads to sin, but temptation and sin are not the same thing. So for example, everyone experiences temptation, even Jesus. Jesus experienced temptation, but here's the thing, Jesus never sinned, all right? So it's what you do with the temptation that's sin. So when you dwell on it, when you act on it, when, when, when you start um, playing it out in your mind and, and, and doing it, whatever you're being tempted to do, that, then it becomes sin. And sin's a big deal because sin, as James tells us, sin leads to death. And Adam and Eve in the garden, when they sinned, it led to spiritual death, which is separation from God, and it led to physical death. And this is why it's so important that Christ had to come and save us from our sins because sin brought us death and Christ came to die for our sins to give us life spiritually, a relationship with him, and life physically, life everlasting after we die. And so sin's a big deal. Sin leads to death. Let's continue and see what James has to say here. He says, do not be deceived. Do not be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. So why, do, why does he say this? What does it mean, do not be deceived? And, he, and here's what James is trying to tell us. And it's here in your notes. But temptation tells us lies. Temptation tells us lies. That's what temptation does. That's what temptation is. Temptation tells us lies. And, and so Satan, the devil, he's known as the father of lies. And we're pretty good at fooling ourselves too. How many of you guys, when your alarm goes off in the morning, this, this is at least me. Man, getting up in the morning is a struggle, struggle. And um, so my alarm goes off and I turn it off. I don't hit snooze because I'm like, I'm getting up, you know, I'm getting up. So I turn the alarm off. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna lay here for five minutes and then I'll get up. And here's the thing, I know deep down, I'm not waking up in five minutes. No, 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 I'm not getting up in five minutes. But I lie to myself and say, no, 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 you're getting up in five minutes. You can, you can lay back down, close your eyes. And I believe it, I lie to myself. This is how bad it is, like we can deceive our own selves and Satan can deceive us. And this is what temptation does. The temptation tells us lies. And some, some of the lies that temptation has told me over the years, and maybe you've experienced them in your life, I'm just gonna run over maybe three main ones that I've dealt with, and maybe this is helpful. It's not in your notes, but you can jot it down. But lie number one, this sin won't cost you much. That's something we say to ourselves, oh, this, this is no big deal. It's just a little lie. It's just, it's just a test. No one will catch me. It won't hurt anyone. You know, it's just, it's just this, it's just that. And we lie to ourselves and say, this sin won't cost you much. But as James has already said, sin brings us death. And, and, and sin is something that, that is so bad. And, and, and it destroys our relationships, destroys our character. Even when we can't see it happening, it costs us a lot. Because the thing about sin, it's an ever, ever decreasing benefits and an ever increasing cost to ourselves. The second lie that temptation tells me a lot, at least, is God is holding out on you. You know, God doesn't really have your best in mind. You know, the, the thing God, that God wants you to do, the, the things, the way that he says to live life, he doesn't really have your best in mind. This is the temptation that, that Satan tells Eve. You know, Eve, God, God's holding out on you. You know, if you eat the fruit, then you'll become like God, and God's trying to hold, hold out from you. 
And we'll hit on that a little bit more later on in the talk. But line number three, you're going to do it eventually, so why not now? Some, some sins aren't really sins and then in and of themselves, but it's how you do it. It's when you do it, maybe. That's the sin. So maybe, maybe you got a girlfriend, you got a boyfriend, and you, and you say to yourselves, oh, we're gonna get married, we love each other, you know, so why not cross some lines now? You know, it's, we're gonna get married, we know it's, you know, because all those high school relationships end in marriage, right? You know, so, and we lie to ourselves, and we say, yeah, we're gonna get married, we might as well cross these lines. But that's a lie. That's a lie from ourselves, it's a lie from Satan. And so, temptation lies, but we know the truth. Let's continue on in James and see James 1.17. James says, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. And so here's the thing, God is good, and God gives us good things. And as his children, God wants to give us good gifts. Every good thing you have and ever will have comes from God. God wants your best. And here's the thing, God doesn't change either. So God will always want your best. God wants more for you than you want for yourselves, which is hard to believe with how concerned we are about ourselves, how much we think about ourselves, but God thinks about you more than you think about yourself and he wants more for you than you want for yourself. That's how big his love is. And so we can't doubt that. We know that God wants our best. And so when we know that God wants our best, we're able to listen and obey his commands because we know that they're for our best interests. So then it continues and he says about God, he chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. That's James 1.18. So this is the key. This is how you fight temptation. You catch this. Don't, don't miss this. And this is in your notes. But fight temptation with the truth. It says that God chose to give us birth through the word of truth. So we fight temptation with the truth. And when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. When you live the truth, when you understand the truth, when you believe the truth, then you use that truth to fight the lies of temptation. And so I've got three truths that are essential to know. These truths are things that if you believe, if you understand, and if you grow in, these will help you in the fight against temptation. And these three things are things that you can get better at. Like you can increase in them. It's not just something you believe, like agree with. It's something you believe and you grow in and you understand more and more and more. So three truths to help fight against temptation. But before we jump into them, if, if this whole Christianity thing is new to you, if you're not a Christian here and you're here in the room, we're so glad you're here. And we're glad we want you to join our H12 family and you don't have to believe to belong. And we want you to belong here and we want you to join our H12 family here. And a little bonus for you guys tonight, if, if you're not a believer, you're not a Christian, then the next few minutes, you can kind of zone out. I give you permission, you can kind of zone out, don't be pulling out your phone or anything, but this, this is for the people in the room who, who are Christians, because this, this is things that Christ has called us to do, and we want to overcome this temptation, but if this, if this isn't for you, then, then you can zone out, don't worry, I'll come back around and have something for you guys in a few minutes. But for those of us who are Christians in this room, this is something we want to go after, and this is something we want to know, because I'm telling you, these three truths will change your life. These three truths... These three things you need to know 
will help you overcome temptation and live the life that God wants for you and ultimately that we want for ourselves. So let's dive into them. The first one, truth number one, know yourself. Know yourself. Just like we read earlier, you know, we, we fall to temptation when we're dragged away by our own desires. If you don't understand that within, that we are deceitful and that we're, we're prone towards sin, we've built habits of sin. If, you, if we don't believe that about ourselves, then we're setting ourselves up for failure. You need to know yourself, know, know your weaknesses. And a part of knowing yourself is knowing your limits. You know, where, 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 you do, where do you crash and burn? Where, where are your limits? Where do you start drifting? Where do you start heading towards things? Like, what's the moment? Where are the places where temptation hits you hard? Growing up, um, I had a big family. Well, I guess I still have a big family, so that's good. Um, growing up, I had a big family, and I was the oldest of seven kids. So it's me. I've got four younger sisters, two younger brothers. It's a party. So there's seven of us, plus two parents, so there's nine of us. So we roll around town in a 15-passenger van. You know what I mean? We, we love our 15-passenger van. Everyone around town knew, like, oh, that's the beast. Everyone called it the beast. That's a beast. Big, white, 15-passenger van. These things are so dangerous, they don't even, like, sell them anymore because these things are just awful on the roads. But we loved it. We loved the beast. And, and the thing about the beast is we took out the back bench, all right? We put in a bed. So we had a full mattress, like a, a bed in the back of our car. And so we'd put all our luggage and stuff under the bed, and then us kids would be chilling in the back bed while we're driving down the highway. Like, I have no idea why our parents let us do this, because this is so dangerous. But as kids, this was the coolest thing ever. We're just chilling, like we can take naps, like, like we're just laying back there lounging. Like, we're not thinking like, oh, we could die. Literally, if a car taps us, we're dead. <laughs> but no, no, this is, this is cool, this is fun. So we love the 15-passenger van, we love the beast. But we're heading back home from, from something, and we were packed. Like, the whole family was there, plus, like, my best friend and Holly. Holly was there. We weren't married, but she was my girlfriend, and so she was there. We had a bunch of other friends. So we probably had 20 people in this 15-passenger van. Guys, like, no joke. This was crazy. My parents are nuts. But so we're double-buckled. We're in people's laps. Some kids are lounging in the back, and we're driving home on the highway, and it's starting to get icy. Now, now you guys down here in Georgia, like, let me tell you, it's a blessing to be down here, down in the south, when everyone panics for like, oh, it gets 33 degrees, everyone closed down work, closed down school, oh my goodness, you guys have no idea, okay? Man, I'm from Indiana, it gets bad up there. Oh, goodness, don't get me started. I'm happy to be down here, let's just say that. But it's getting icy, and we're driving, we're having a good time, and all of a sudden, we're driving this way, and all of a sudden, the car starts drifting this way. Oh, man. This is one of the scariest moments of my life. Because we're on this highway, I know we're going to hit this shoulder, and we're going to flip. Like, I know we're going to flip. Like, that's what 15-passenger vans are pretty much designed to do, is just flip. Like, that's why you don't see them on the road anymore, because they all flipped. And so we're, we're, and I'm terrified, guys. I'm like, it's one of those slow-mo things, it's just like... And I'm looking, and I'm, I'm terrified, and at the same time, it's super confusing. I'm extremely, extremely angry at my dad because I know that he's going to kill my girlfriend, and I'm never going to get to be married, and I'm mad. So I'm absolutely furious, 
and absolutely terrified. It was a very confusing time for me, okay? But we, we go and go, 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 and we get to the edge of the road, and I'm like, it's it. This is where we die. And all of a sudden, boom, we hit the guardrail. And no joke, literally, we're going like this. We hit the guardrail, bounce back, and it's like, and we just keep going like nothing ever happens. And we're all like, Alrighty. <laughs> All right. Well, that just happened. Like, what? Oh, my goodness. That guardrail saved our lives. And I'll never forget that moment. And, and for, for some of us, we need guardrails in our lives. We're, we're traveling down this road. We're traveling down this path that we want for ourselves, that God wants for us. We're traveling down the good road. And all of a sudden, we just start drifting. Temptation hits hard. We start drifting. The lies start hitting hard and we start drifting. And we're heading for destruction. We're heading for death. But if we have those guardrails in place, we can bounce off of them and head back towards the direction and the life that we want. And so we need to know our limits. And when you find your limits, we need to set up guardrails in place. And what guardrails look like, they're like lines you draw, not at sin, but at temptation. So what, this is what I mean. So, so if you know temptation hits hard, like with your boyfriend or with your girlfriend. Don't draw the line at like not crossing certain boundaries. Draw the line at like not going down in the basement alone at your house because nothing ever good happens when that happens, all right? Draw that, draw that, guard, that, that boundary, that guardrail. Or, or if you know, man, when you're around parties or when you're around people, man, that temptation hits hard. To, to be drinking or doing anything else. And so don't draw the line at not doing those things. Draw the line at not going to the parties. Set up guardrails where you can bounce back off of them and keep heading down the life that God wants for you and that we want for ourselves. So know yourself. The second thing, know the Bible. Know the Bible. And the thing about the Bible is it's, it's, it's the living, active word of God. And if there's anything, when I'm done and I look back on my youth ministry career, other than wanting students to be in love with God and for students to know God's love for them, if I could have one thing that students learn from me over the course of my ministry is a love for Scripture. Because temptation tells us lies, and we find the truth in Scripture. And so for me, when I, when I was battling certain things in high school, I would, whatever it is, I would write down a Bible verse on a three by five like note card. And whenever I was struggling with it in school, I'd pull it out and I'd read it. It'd be things like if I was struggling with like lust or my eyes, I would pull out Job 31.1. It says, I've made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a woman. So I'd pull that out. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right, that's right. And you fight the, tem- the lies of temptation with the truth of scripture. Or if I'm struggling with my language, my mouth. You know, the guys on the baseball team are talking dirty, telling dirty jokes, tearing people down with their words. I pull up my note card, Ephesians 5.4. You know, nor should there be any obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. So I pull it out. Okay, yeah, yeah, no coarse joking, no foolish talk, no, no obscenity, thanksgiving. Yeah, 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 thanksgiving, thanksgiving. And that you re- rewire your brain to believe the truth of scripture, to fight against the lies 
of temptation. Number three, know the Father. How many of you guys are Star Wars fans in here? Yes, good. That's my people. That's my people. But here's the thing. I can't, I can't believe this. I can't imagine this. But there was a time when I had not seen Star Wars, sad days. But I had heard quotes from Star Wars. So you know the famous, like, like Luke, I am your father. I know. It's misquoted. It's misquoted. But, but here's the thing. It's quoted as Luke, I am your father, right? So that's what I heard as a kid. I'm sorry. I misquoted the movie. But, so I heard this quote, Luke, I am your father, and I thought it'd be really, really funny to, to play a prank on my siblings. So I got behind a tree one day, my brother's in the yard, got behind a tree, and here's the thing, I'd never heard the actual quote, I'd only heard like people jokingly say it, so it was like, Bob, I am your father, things like that. So I said, I said, Noah, I am your father which looking back on it was really funny because I actually have a brother named Luke, which would have been perfect, but I missed that opportunity, all right? But Noah, I am your father. And he's like, Dad? I'm like, this is awesome. And I'm like, Noah, I am your father. Dad? I'm like, oh my goodness, apparently my Darth Vader voice sounds just like our dad. This is brilliant. And he starts running towards me, and he's terrified because I sound really angry, and he thinks he's in trouble. And so he starts coming towards the tree, and I start, like, rotating around it, you know, so he can't see me. And he's, like, looking, like, everywhere. And I'm like, Noah, I am your father. And he's like, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm like, okay, uh, Noah, it's just me. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Wow, that that worked better than I thought. But here's the thing. Satan will lie to us about what the father's like. And he'll tell us the father doesn't love you. The father's angry at you. You know, how how could God love you? And if we believe the lies, we'll believe God is a distant God. God is an angry God. And God is a God who doesn't want anything to do with us. But if you know the father, if you know the father and his love for you, how he's near to you, how he's always with you, how he's a good heavenly father who gives good gifts to his children, then you know. Then you'll know. No, 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 no. God's not like that. I know the truth. I know, I know the father. And you can combat the lies of temptation with the truth about the father. And for those of you those of you who aren't Christians in this room or, or you're just, you're, you're kind of new to this faith thing, maybe some of these steps are different for you. Maybe the knowing yourself is just knowing like there's something wrong. There's something wrong within you and, and you need a savior. Maybe knowing the Bible is, maybe you've never heard the story of how, how Jesus came, became a human. He, he died for our sins and he rose again so that we could have new life in him. Maybe that for you is knowing the Bible, and that's new to you. Maybe knowing the Father, maybe you don't have a relationship with the Father at all. And maybe today, today could be the day that changes the trajectory of your life. Maybe you're drifting. And today, talk to a leader. Talk to me after the service. If you've never experienced a relationship with the Father, a Father who loves you, who cares for you, who sent his son to pay the sacrifice so he he could redeem you, 
talk to one of our leaders. We would love to talk to you about that. So know yourself, know the Bible, know the Father, and fight. Fight the lies of temptation with the truth about those three things. And here's the thing. Last thing, and then we'll be done. In this fight against temptation, you're gonna fall, and you're gonna mess up, and you're gonna struggle. You're not gonna have a perfect track record. And, and, and growing up, I had always pictured my journey, my Christian journey as a ladder. God's up here, and I'm trying to climb the rungs of the ladder to get to God. And every good thing I do, every temptation I conquer, it's one rung closer to God. But whenever I mess up, I fall. And I fall down to the ground, and I have to pick myself up, and I have to start at the bottom again, climbing towards God. And H12, let me tell you, this is not what our Heavenly Father is like. Our Christian walk is not a climb to God, it's a walk with God. And so instead of a ladder, it's a walk. And it's walking with God. God's there by your side. He's there. You can use his strength, not yours, because we're not strong enough to do it on our own. And yeah, we're gonna stumble, we're gonna fall, but when we fall, he's right there to help pick us up. And we don't start at the beginning. We just keep walking from where we left off. We keep walking on this journey with him. And for some of you, maybe you're just discouraged by the amount of times you've fallen, but don't give up. God's there, and he wants you to pick yourself back up and keep that walk going with him. So... Fight the temptation, the lies of temptation with the truth about yourself and your limits, the truth about the Bible, and the truth about your Heavenly Father who loves you so much. Let's pray.